In the city of Vilna lived a wealthy Jew named Rebiankov. He was a Talmud Chacham and a Baal Chesed. He once happened to pass through the city of Mezrich. Having heard of the famous Mezricher Magid, Rabbi Deifber, Rebiankov decided to visit the Hasidic leader, though he himself did not consider himself to be a Chassid. However, the Magid had been a famous Talmud Chacham even before he became a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov. And Rebiankov from Vilna was eager to engage the Mezricher Magid in a discussion of Taira matters. And he was not disappointed. During their discussion, the Magid helped Rebiankov clear up some very difficult gemaras which had been on his mind for some time. Rebiankov did not ask about the teachings of Hasidus, and the Mezricher Magid did not bring it up. Deeply impressed by the Magid's brilliant knowledge of Gemara, Rabiankov was ready to leave when the Magid made a very strange and unexpected remark. Remember, Rabiankov, said the Magid, what Chazal say, that Hashem sends his cure to a patient through a particular doctor and a particular medicine. Sometimes the Abishter sends his cure not through the medication which the doctor prescribes, but through the doctor himself. As you know, a doctor receives his healing powers by the authority of the Holy Taira, as it is written, and he shall surely cure him. Therefore the doctor has a malach of healing at his side. A very great doctor is accompanied by the malach Raphael himself. And then Rabiankov left. During the long journey back to Vilna, Rabiankov often thought about this strange parting remark of the Magid, which seemed to come out of the blue. It wasn't related to any of the things they had been discussing previously. Rabiankov thought about his own health, and he was, Baruch Hashem, very healthy. He had never needed a doctor before, and he hoped that he would not need to consult a doctor in the future. He had not come to the Magid for advice about doctors, and there was no mention of sickness or healing in their discussion. So why did the Magid make that strange remark? Rabiankov had no answer to this mystery, so he decided to dismiss the matter from his mind. After several weeks of traveling and business, Rabiankov arrived in Vilna. He was glad to find his family well. After a brief rest from his long journey, he returned to his daily routine of learning and business. One morning, a few days after his return, Rabiankov woke up feeling quite ill, Lailenu. The best doctors of Vilna were called to his bedside, but none of them could say what kind of illness the patient had or what was the cause of it. Each prescribed the patient a different medication, but not one of the medications helped at all. On the contrary, Rabiankov's condition grew worse until it seemed that there was little hope for him. News of Rabiankov's serious illness spread through the city. Everybody felt so sad because Rabiankov was respected and beloved by all. In addition to his learning, 
He was a real Baal Chesed. He gave a lot of tzedakah. Tefillahs for his Rafua Shlema were offered in all of the local shuls, and many friends gathered in Reb Yankov's home to say Tehillim on his behalf. Then there appeared a ray of hope. The Jews of Vilna learned that the king was to arrive in town on an official visit. Kings always travel with their personal physicians. And this king's personal physician was a Jew, although sad to say he was far removed from daily Jewish observance. If he could be persuaded to visit Rabiankov, perhaps he would know how to treat this strange illness, the cure for which has eluded the best doctors of the country. The leaders of the community decided to send a delegation to welcome the king and at the same time ask him to permit his physician to visit the Rabiankiv. The king received the delegation graciously and asked them if there was anything he could do for the Jews of Vilna. They told the king that one of the leaders of their community was very ill and the best doctors in town had no clue how to treat the patient. If it pleased the king, would he be gracious enough to permit his personal physician to examine the patient? Perhaps he could save his life. The king gave his immediate permission, and without delay, the royal doctor arrived at Rabiankov's house. One look at the patient convinced the royal physician that there was nothing medicine could do for this person who was clearly dying. Rabiankov lay there motionless, with no sign of life. The king's physician was actually annoyed for having been troubled to visit such a hopeless case. Do you think I am Hashem? You brought me here to revive a dead man, he said to the family members who had been anxiously waiting for a hopeful word from the doctor. He turned to leave, pushing through the crowded room. The family chased after him, begging him to prescribe some medicine for the patient. There is no medicine that can help this patient, he replied, casting a parting look at Rabiankiv. But his parting look turned into a stare. He noticed that color had returned to the deathly pale face of poor Rabiankiv. He pushed his way back to the patient's bedside, felt Rabiankiv's pulse, and then he quickly pulled out a pad and wrote a prescription. Rush to the apothecary and get this medicine quickly, he said. A murmur spread through the house. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, everybody whispered. There's hope. The physician remained at Rabiankov's bedside, waiting for the medication to arrive. He looked at Rabiankov and was amazed to see signs of further improvement. He took out his pad again and prescribed a different medicine. The first one is no good anymore, he said. Take this one. Bring it quickly. The messenger rushed off with the prescription. A few more minutes passed, and the doctor's amazement grew as he noted significant signs of improvement. It was unbelievable. In all his practice, he had never seen such a thing. Suddenly, the dying patient, who was clearly not dying anymore, sat up in bed. He turned to the doctor and said to him in a voice that sounded quite clear and firm, Dear doctor, please don't leave. Stay a while longer. I'll feel much better, I'm certain. 
the Malach Rafoil must be with you. The king's physician was completely overwhelmed. He stared at the patient in disbelief. He did not believe in Malachim, but he had no other explanation for what was happening. He began to think that there was some truth in the patient's words. As if reading his mind, Rebiankov began to tell the king's doctor about his visit to the Magid of Mezrich and his remark about how doctors sometimes have healing powers directly from Malachim and sometimes directly from the Malach Rafoil. I can see now, said Rebiankov, that the Magid's remark was true. The king's doctor, who had listened intently to the patient's story, remained silent, deep in thought. It occurred to him that as great a healer as he was, he himself needed a great deal of healing, spiritual healing. I would like to meet this tzaddik, said the doctor to Rabienkev. When you are fully recovered, will you please take me to him? Yes, yes, doctor, with the greatest of pleasure, replied Rabienkev. And just a week later, the two of them, Rebiankov and the king's doctor, traveled to Mizrich. Rebiankov on his way to become a chassid, and the king's physician on his way to become a Baal Chuvah.